the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at I know you're Scott. How about no, Scott, okay? I say name, you say Scott. Name, Chris Green. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Southern California Live. Good to be with you today. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. We're together every day from 3 to 5. It's always good to be with you. Hey, you know, there is this court case that's happening in Washington. We're going to talk about that a little bit. And the really big piece about it is ultimately the implications that this has for religious freedom in the sense of how do we live our lives and how does this work? There's a lot of implications about it. What I want to talk about here, and I have a special guest with me, Pastor Alan Jackson is with me. Um, we want to talk about holding firm to what is true in the way we live our lives, because this case is probably going to get decided, most people think, in favor of the Christian website designer who does not want to design a website to support a uh, same-sex marriage. She does other work for uh, gay couples, but doesn't want to do same-sex marriage uh, work, and I think the Supremes are going to find that way. But I wonder if that is the long-term um, if that's what we're going to see in the long term. With me to talk about this is Pastor Alan Jackson. And uh, Pastor Jackson is uh, the pastor of World Outreach Church since 1989 in Nashville, Tennessee. And you hear him on this station with Alan Jackson Ministries. He's the author of a book called Big Trouble Ahead. And uh, you've got a new book, don't you, Pastor Alan? We do. Big Trouble Ahead is the newest one. We we did a little prayer book at the Christmas season, but the the last trade book we did was Big Trouble Ahead. That's right. I saw that uh, other book uh, coming up. How is Christmas going for you? Welcome to Southern California Live, by the way. Thank you, Scott. It's good to be back with our friends in Southern California. I wish we had your weather today. Yeah, well, you know, for us, it's a little cloudy and cool, and there's the threat of rain. And so, uh, I don't know, you know, we're we're suffering. Bless your heart. I'm just getting filled with <laughs> compassion. Uh, Christmas right. is a wonderful... You know, it's a season of the year where there's an opportunity to share our faith that is unique in the calendar. So we build a lot. Of, we put up an ice rink. Actually, we hired somebody from Los Angeles to come to Tennessee and help us do an ice rink. Really? That's uh, that's amazing. We put up a few of those out here once in a while. Nobody yeah. knows what to do with it. but We're trying to figure that out, too. So we welcome the whole community to do that. We'll do a lot of fun things this time of the year. So families and young families with children have a place where it's a, it's a safe environment to interact and have a good time. I think church has a role to play beyond just preaching sermons. 
And so we certainly want to hold out the truth in the community, but we also want to be a place that's a safe and secure place for families and young people. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great idea. I love the ice cream. Do, are you going to get out there uh, with your family, or are you more in a supervisorial role? I hope I can stay in that supervisory role, but <laughs> if I have to get out there and humiliate myself with everybody else. Right. Sometimes we, we have to do that. Uh, so anyway, well, that sounds great. I hope that that is a great outreach for your church. Um, you know, let's talk about this. It has to do with being in the culture. You know, church is not just on Sunday mornings. Jesus didn't invite us to invite people to our buildings. He told us to go out and make disciples. So uh, we have this case that's going on right now in Washington, and it is about a web designer who uh, under Colorado law, is being forced to create a website to support a same-sex marriage, which she uh, does not believe in uh, religiously. She's a Christian, and uh, there's a very similar case to the same Colorado case, uh, similar case with the cake baker who didn't want to bake a cake, uh, a specialty cake for a same-sex marriage. As you follow this case and this kind of thing, what kinds of things come to mind as you think about it pastorally for the church? Well, I think there's uh, several issues that are involved in it. I think fundamentally at the heart of it, there's this free speech issue. Whether or not we're going to have the imagination that the government can dictate what we say or create or how we do that. You know, most of my adult life has been shaped by this notion of the ACLU defending the right to freedom of speech, that no matter how heinous the thing is you want to say or how offensive it may be to someone else, that you've had the right to say it. Yeah. But in the last, you know, just recent season, we've pivoted on that and we've come up with these new categories of misinformation and disinformation. We used to use those in the intelligence community, but we didn't use them in the public square. I think the categories is the interesting thing because we changed what a married couple is. We changed the definition culturally of what that word is. Uh, and, and it has practical effects. I think that the you know, the idea is, well, love is love. People should be able to do what they want. But it doesn't end there. It has actual practical effects, doesn't it? They do. Words have meanings, and definitions have implications. You know, in society for thousands of years, actually, marriage has been understood overwhelmingly to be between a man and a woman. And it's become fashionable to, to redefine that. Well, if you change the definition and you open the term, then we have to have another definition. Mm. And I think we have stumbled on that point, because if marriage isn't between a man and a woman, you can marry a bicycle. Right. Or you can marry a graph. Or, I mean, if you truly have pride open that definition, then you have to provide a context in which it can be understood. For the Christian, this isn't particularly complicated. Our definition of marriage is not something we derived. It was given to us by God. It starts in the second chapter of Genesis. And then Jesus picked it up in his own ministry. So for the Christ followers, this one's not complicated. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, there's, a, there's a biblically informed view of marriage. So if you're going to be Christian and talk about Christian marriage, there's a context for that. Yeah. How do we talk about other definitions, but we can't do it from a biblical perspective. So how do we live in a world where the secular culture is changing that, and we live in a society that is... Uh, meant to be pluralistic. Uh, and so where does the Christian fit into this? I think we're going to have more and more challenges because of the change of that word, right? Um, what do you think the Christian should do? Well, I think, first of all, we have to wake up. 
because we're salt and light, mm. and we live we have lived for many many decades in a culture where that Christian worldview was the primary influence, and the definition of marriage was not in play. And because of our lack of faithfulness and our lack of adherence, we have allowed something to happen on our watch so that now we find ourselves where that Christian worldview is under assault. And I don't believe the intent is simply to expand the opportunity, because the truth was you could have lived about any way you wanted to. Right. But it's the discussion started out as we want equal treatment under the law. The first I remember was we simply want the same rights, the same insurance rights or legal rights for a same-sex couple as you have for a heterosexual couple. But it very quickly morphed into trans issues and the trans issues for our minor children. I mean, they, the goalposts continue to open. The Christians have to understand, I believe, that it was our lack of effectiveness, effectiveness as being late in the darkness that got us to this place. So we don't want to necessarily rage against the darkness. We want to go turn up the light. Let's come back and talk about the values of a, a marriage between a man and a woman and the benefits to their biological children, the strength of that nuclear family, what it's brought to our nation, what it's brought to the world, why that's important, and repent of our willingness to be have lived in such an immoral way that we lost our influence in the culture. Would you say that that is really... And I, I'm agreeing with you here that this is something that the church, we can't just speak to the darkness, especially if we're living in it or not showing the light on it. You know, when did this start? When did the, the church begin to themselves not live according to uh, what the Bible has to say about marriage or bringing up families and things like that? And well, obviously it's not point. most of us, but it's a, it's a lot. Well, I think we have to take a step back. And look at the larger story. You know, Christianity, as it emerged, was a different way for human beings to respond to one another with respect and dignity. It brought a dignity to women that often had not existed. And we sent the Christian message into the pagan world. And we watched it reform culture after culture after culture and bring a higher standard of treatment and behavior for people in general. And somehow the church lost sight of that, and we imagine that our freedoms and liberties come from governments or from politicians or from political parties. And we took God off the throne, and in too many cases I think we put the government on the throne. Mm. And so we're watching our nation plunge into paganism. And the Christians seem completely addled by this. We're negotiating. Well, you know, how many definitions of marriage can we include? Well, for the Christian, we don't really have that menu to choose from. We don't have a menu to choose from on where human sexuality is appropriate. God told us that the marriage bed is pure and undefiled, but before marriage it's not good, and beyond marriage it's not good. It doesn't matter about our opinion. The designer gave us the guidelines. And if if the Christians will have the courage to come back and humble ourselves and repent and acknowledge our waywardness, I believe we can see God restore us. It's the best thing for our children, Mm -hmm. for the children amongst us. They're not safer. We don't feel like our families are more secure and our children are safer as we've plunged further and further into paganism and away from a godly worldview. But it's going to take some real courage now to walk that back, because we will lose friends and lose opportunities and we'll be excluded. You're going to get labeled. Some will try to cancel you. And we understand that, so we keep capitulating. Yeah. You know, if being more tolerant would make this a safer place, we would be safer by far than we've ever been before. Right. But has not brought security. It's brought more vulnerability. You said that uh, we're, we are moving back towards paganism. That When you take a look at this through history, I know you're a history guy, 
one of the great things that the the church did was it moved the world out of uh, sort of pagan barbarianism, even into civilized culture, a culture that worked. And part of that was marriage and family. That was a big piece of why particularly Western culture and then other cultures to follow were able to get out of poverty, were able to grow, to to deal with science and, and cure disease and all kinds of things. But we're moving back towards that bar- barbarian society, aren't we? Well, we're certainly, you know, paganism is savage. Yeah. To the human being. You know, in the pagan cultures, they would offer their children as sacrifices to appease demonic gods. Not a new thing and across many cultures. Yes. Look at that and we think, well, how barbaric. But then we've sacrificed 60 million children to convenience and comfort mm-hmm. and e- for economics. Or now, we, you know, we've progressed to where we're mutilating our pre-adolescent children. Yes. And there's really not too many voices speaking up on behalf of that. The church seems, certainly seems to be strangely silent. And, I mean, just about any place you look, you, we see the, ex, the explosion of violence and anger. Um, we have an open border. That's not an expression of kindness and acceptance. It's promoting lawlessness. And it will lead us to, to further unrest. I, we're a nation of immigrants. I think we should be pro-immigrant. But we've always done it in a legal and orderly fashion. The only time we didn't, when the Europeans came here uninvited without an orderly fashion, we're told was wicked and evil. Well, if the the Europeans immigrating to North America was wicked and evil, what are we going to say about the people pouring over our border? They're invading existing country, displacing people from jobs and housing and medical care. I don't think they're evil, but I think you can't make one argument without having a similar comment on what we're watching currently. I think you have and to be church- able to uh, to make an argument that takes care of people in a in a way that actually works. It is humane. Yeah. And has the best interest of the person at heart and the best interest of the family at heart. And we we've just wandered so way far away from the truth. It's not even held in high esteem any longer. You know, we have to have the courage to come back to the truth. Jesus said the truth would bring freedom. Yeah. And that's not just theological truth. That's the truth in our families, around our kitchen tables. It's in our family systems. It's with our friends. We can't live in shades of the truth. And the church has to lead on this point. It makes us distinctive in the world. Yes. We can't just tell the truth when it's in our selfish best interest. We have to own the truth when it's uncomfortable and awkward. You're the listening. good news is restoration business. He's done it over and over and over again, and I believe we'll see him do it in the 21st century. I think you're right. My guest is Pastor Alan Jackson on Southern California Live. You can listen to him daily on the station. He's the pastor of World Outreach Church in Tennessee. And is your church actually in Nashville? We're about 30 minutes south of the airport. So we're in Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro, that's right. And uh, let me ask you this. We talk about restoration, and as we're talking about these things, does is part of that restoration... And and speaking to you as a pastor and just kind of what you, you think about, is part of that restoration that Christians need to start believing Jesus, not just believing in Jesus, but believing what he said. Is this a is this a problem that we don't really believe what the Bible says is true, even though we say we do? I I think we have been led into a place to imagine a transactional faith. Mm. that I'll recite a prayer and get dipped in a pool, I've checked the appropriate boxes, and now I can live my life pretty much on my terms. Yeah, I think a more accurate read of the Gospels is a transformational faith where we're transformed from the inside out. 
I believe in the new birth or conversion or salvation, and I'm an advocate for baptism, but the objective of our faith is to be transformed into the image of Jesus. Yes. Which means he establishes the priorities for my life, and what I feel and what I think and what I want has to be subjected to the lordship of Jesus. So if I want something or I feel something that is against his counsel, I have to have the courage to wrestle with that and change. And that message is not popular in Christendom today. I think that message is one of the greatest things that we need right now for revival in the church. That we need to sur- surrender, our, we need to set apart our hearts for Christ, right? That we've lost that. I think that this is the right point with a lot of this, right? Is that we don't have influence because we, we don't really believe maybe what we uh, are taught in the scriptures. Yeah, I, I think the reason we don't have any credibility to talk about the same-sex marriage issue is we've been winking at immorality for so long. Yeah, We've been winking at fornication, and we've been embracing adultery, and we have just tolerated immorality amongst us for yeah. so long that we don't have any credibility now to say much, because there's enough guilt and shame within the camp. And we're going to have to come back and humble ourselves and repent and clean up our business and begin to reorient our lives. And God will meet us in that. He always has, and I believe he will now. What would you say is the starting point for that? What do we tell listeners who are hearing this and saying, you know what, I think you're right, I want to repent here? What's the starting point? I'd have a quiet conversation with the Lord. Stop being angry at other people and screaming at your television or following your favorite conspiracy theory on the Internet and say, Lord, I'm sorry for any place I've made choices that were either disobedient or dishonoring to you. My, my life goal is to be pleasing in your sight. Holy Spirit, help me. You know, if you'll say that simple prayer, I trust the Lord. He will help you. Yeah. And then we'll need courage to begin to walk that forward. I would encourage everybody to, to think about that where we are, because the Holy Spirit helps us. I like to say, you know, we have, we have supernatural help in the things Amen. that God is calling us to do. We sure do. You're not in this alone. You know, we're not going to outthink evil or outwork evil, or it's not the strength of my will to overcome the demonic invasion. I'm dependent upon the power of a living God, and I'm willing to subject myself to the Lordship of Jesus. And in that, I get the power of the Creator of heaven and earth to help me. And that's a significant ally. Yeah. And that's everybody listening to us today. There's no habit that has authority over you in Jesus' name. There's no part of your past. There's no expression of evil that has touched your life that is darker than the light that's available in Jesus. So there's a tremendous authority to help us if we'll be willing to subject ourselves to the authority of Jesus. And I think that will help us deal uh, with a society where we're, we're going to interact and do business with people who have a different point of view on social issues. Right? It'll give us some wisdom with how to do that in love. Absolutely. We can have a divergence of views. I have no objection to that at all. Yeah. I object to being forced to capitulate to the viewpoint that is being held up as fashionable these days. Yeah. That I will not yield to, and I don't think anyone else should either. And we can model that for a nation that needs restoration. I think part of the division is everybody's in it for themselves, and that won't work. Uh, absolutely. And I think for too long, the church has embraced the 11th commandment, thou shalt be kind and thought if we would concede the point, at some point they would decide that we were not a threat and they would cooperate with us. And I don't believe that will ever happen. I think we can concede ourselves completely off the field and be eliminated. And we're going to have to have the courage to say there's some things we believe in, and you'll need to respect those as much as you're asking us to respect the things you believe in. Yeah, and then we have to live it out. I think that that, 
Yeah, the way that that the world sees us matters a lot. The way we live our life, I think that that is that matters a lot. Uh, Pastor Alan Jackson is my guest. Do you have any uh, uh, final thoughts on this subject today, Pastor? No, I just want to wish everybody in Southern California a very Merry Christmas and let them know how important they are. Southern California impacts our world. Yeah. And God's people in Southern California have a tremendous role to play. I thank God for every one of you. We got to spend a few days out there earlier this year with you and the Salem team, and you're doing a great job of lifting up the name of Jesus. I appreciate your faithfulness. Well, thank you, Pastor Alan Jackson, and thank you for your partnership and for what you're doing at World Outreach Church. Uh, I went to your website, uh, wochurch.org, if you want to know the uh, church website, and I see your ice rink right there for your Christmas time. That looks fantastic. There we go. I don't see you on it, though. No, thank God. <laughs> I'm making hot chocolate over beside it. Right. I think that's the role that uh, I would also take at the same time. And your website is at, uh, what's your website and share if people want to connect with you directly? It's alanjackson.com, and that's Alan is A-L-L-E-N. A-L-L-E-N, jackson.com. Pastor Alan Jackson, thanks for joining us today on Southern California Live. Thank you, Scott. All right, when we come back, we will take your calls and we'll continue talking about this subject and uh, what are your thoughts about this and where do you draw the line on on places that uh, when there is a difference of point of view where, you know, what kind of person do you have to serve in your business and uh, is there a line to be drawn? Where is that? We'll talk about that when we get back. The number is 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'll be back as the Tuesday edition of SoCal Live continues. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. At what point can someone say, I'm an artist and not really be one? My question really is, what is art? I mean, obviously, I'm not disparaging your art form. I had a wedding website. I understand it. It's a whole thing. Um, I know you're an artist. But what is to distinguish you from somebody saying, well, you know what? Look, my macaroni and cheese in this restaurant is a work of art. This pie is a work of art. The way that I sell, have make my clothing in this boutique works of art. So you know what? I don't want somebody in here who's gay, who's black, who's Jewish, who's disabled. What is the line that distinguishes, say, you from the artist that somebody could, under the auspices of saying they're an artiste, do the same thing? Do you have those concerns? That was legal analyst Laura Coates on CNN discussing with the owner of 303 Creative, a which is a web design company in Colorado that is the subject of the case that is in front of the Supreme Court right now, about whether or not her business should be required to create a wedding website for same-sex marriage, uh, something that the owner is religiously opposed to doing. But the state of Colorado is saying that she must either make websites celebrating same-sex marriage or all weddings uh, or make no wedding websites at all. Uh, what do you think about this? Where do you draw the line? Okay, so that's where a lot of the conversation is here. And where do you draw the line between what is creative expression and what is simply offering a product? It seems to me that, that the laws are pretty clear that you can't discriminate who comes into your store and buys your product. So here is what is where this line is, okay, is what about if I'm being hired to do a service and the service I'm being hired to do artistically is then speech where I am being asked to make a statement about something politically or religiously or otherwise philosophically opposed to what I actually think. Should we be forcing people 
to make creative design against what we actually believe? Or uh, is that just part of uh, the product that you're offering? So if you're going to be somebody who is a web designer or say you make paintings, maybe you would make paintings of different kinds. Do you have artistic uh, license to say, no, I'm not going to do that because I don't really believe in that. And uh, you should find somebody who does believe in that in order to uh, express that statement. Um, where do you draw that line? I think that is a big part of what the discussion ultimately is. I think people are talking about different things. Uh, and I'll, I'll give you an example here in, uh, in a second, but I'd like to know what you think about it. The number is 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host, 888-528-2557. So the Supreme Court is going to decide whether the state of Colorado has the right to compel this kind of creative speech from creative professionals. Uh, so if I have an artwork for hire, do I have to paint something that I am religiously opposed to or philosophically opposed to? And I think the tension here, and I think what's happening is the sides are not talking about exactly the same things. All right. So I, I think that there's a place where that line has to get drawn, where a person is a business expressing a belief versus just providing a product. Where do you draw that line uh, is and it and it's kind of getting into the area of absurdity a little bit, you know, when we're talking about, you know, is the the macaroni and cheese at my restaurant something that uh, I consider a work of art, and therefore I'm not going to serve it to a group of people I don't like. Um, you know, I would say that that is wrong, right? That I'm creating a product, and I, but I don't think it's the same thing that they're saying here. I think that there is. Um, a very a very serious difference. What do you think? Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven uh david in culver city welcome to southern california live you know scott i think you can predict what i'm going to say on this i'm not entirely sure but go ahead (laughs) well okay you know something i sympathize with a web designer but if you're a public accommodation you can't discriminate like that what if she didn't believe in interracial marriage what if she didn't believe in handicapped people getting married what if she didn't believe in in uh, intellectually disabled people marrying? I mean, you know, she's hiding behind free speech. It's discrimination. That's discrimination what? on the basis of sexual orientation, which is illegal. Would you, That's not free. That has nothing to do with free speech. Would you Would you agree with the opposite? So let's say that she is a web design company and she likes to do websites for uh, same-sex marriage couples or gay issues or whatever. And somebody comes to her and says, I'd like you to produce a website for my nonprofit, which is opposed to gay marriage and opposed to the gay lifestyle. Should she be forced to make that website? No, because that's a discriminatory website. Absolutely. She's a public accommodation. So you would say, so it's not a matter of belief there. It's something that she just has to that. You don't you don't think that the the person who in the in the reverse of this, you don't think that they would also have to do it? Absolutely not. No, there are laws. I can't refuse to hire somebody because they're overweight, because they're black. I mean, you can't discriminate on the basis of sexual orientation, religion, sex or race. But I I think that the law here and I understand what you're saying. But the law actually so far, you know, this is like the the cake baker, right, who was doing the, the fancy wedding cakes where he would design a work of art on top of it. It was what it was, Colorado, same state. The Supremes found in favor of that guy saying that what he's doing is 
a artistic expression, and because he is religiously opposed to same-sex marriage, he doesn't have to do it. They also added that there's plenty of other bakers in town who would do it, and they felt that the person who was suing in that case, it's a little different type of case, but the people who were suing in that case could have gone to any of those other bakers, and really their agenda was more to call this guy out. There was There's a lot of nuance to it. But that's actually what the law so far has been interpreted to mean. I don't think you're right about that. I think they sent it back to the lower court. They decided on a much narrower ground. I think they decided on something based on the administrative process in Colorado wasn't right. I don't think, I think this case is the first case to really uh, decide this issue. That, that case, the, the, the case case, I think, was decided on a much narrower ground, is my recollection. They felt like, yeah, they felt it's different because they did feel like what that case was about was more, they felt the cake baker was actually being attacked because he has belief, not that people really wanted him to make a cake. And they felt that this, they felt that the, they felt that Colorado actually, I think they blamed the state actually on that ultimately. You know, I sympathize with the cake baker. I sympathize with the uh, web designer. But what about people that don't like blocks and don't want them in in their motel or don't want to rent to them? But is that the same? What about that? It it would be absolutely wrong, you know, for them to do that. So what I think the argument here is, is there a nuance between saying, um, you know, I am going to do a movie about Martin Luther King Jr. Is it okay if I had a white guy play Martin Luther King? Well, you know, I would say no. That wouldn't make any sense. But that would be discrimination. There'd be, you know, you would be sending the wrong message, probably, right by doing that. No, I don't think so. I mean, I think it's a poor artistic choice. But if you didn't pick a black actor because you don't like blacks, yes, that you can't do that. Right, that would be wrong for sure. For that sure. would be wrong, but but think but think about it. Up until just the recent history, there are states that have had laws against interracial marriage. Yeah, is there I a mean, is know, there a nuance though for what's what's here is creative expression, right? So it's not that I'm denying the product. This is what the the other argument would be, right? Is I'm not saying I'm denying the product. I don't want to do this creative design because it's it's speech that goes against my religious view. That's what they're trying to claim. And you would say that's, that's what they're trying to hide behind. No, they're hiding behind that. So that's, you you that just think it's I don't like I don't like this group of people. So and that's I think the fear, right? Is if I don't like a certain group of people, then I don't have to serve them with my product. Well, no, no, no. I don't. I don't think it's. I believe. I believe this is a very. Uh, um, sincerely held religious belief. I'm not. I'm not denying that, and I think that's really but, what's behind so, it. It has nothing to do yeah. with artistic expression or free speech. So I is she not allowed to have that? Is she not allowed to have that? Where do you Where do you draw the line about? You know, I think the weird thing today is that people can just decide anything as a religious belief, right? And I, I think that's something that's also complicating a lot of these issues. I think you're right. You've hit the nail on the head. They know by saying it's a religious belief that they've left the door open to religious beliefs that don't believe in interracial marriage, that don't believe in serving blacks, that don't like fat people. I mean, there probably are. There may be such religions. So I think they had to come up with another argument. I think it's a fallacious argument. 
And and I agree. It's a it's a complicated issue. I I'm just giving you my opinion. I, I appreciate I'm your sure opinion. Thank you. thank you, David, for calling and uh, sharing Thanks that opinion. What do what do you think? Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Where do you draw the line, or what's the nuance here? You're listening to Southern California Live. Robert in Lomita, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, thank you for having me. Hi, Robert. Um, I think it's pretty simple. As believers, we can't do anything that promotes or supports sin in any way. Period. Would uh, story, there's nothing to argue about. Would they would they be forced to uh, do a a website for a couple that is living together before they're married? That's supporting sin. That's supporting. So you you would say sin. that this person should then not do that wedding website either. No. Or at no. least that they should have the right to be there, able there, to there, say there, no. There are there are there are other 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 uh, website designers that don't hold the same hold of the same faith. And they're free to go to them. What if, uh, let me ask you this, Anna, what if they believe something's a sin, let's say uh, interracial marriage, but it's not a sin and they're wrong? Should they be forced to um, correct their belief? How how do you deal with that? They have to support their belief with something. So it has to be some foundation. They can't just make something up out of the air. Yeah. I mean, most major religions do have a Bible yeah. that they considered they considered to be the, 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 the laws of God, of the of the God that they believe in. I don't believe in all of them. I believe in the Christian Judeo Bible. Christ is the Son of Lord of the Son of the Lord, and there's only one way to heaven. Yeah. That's through Christ. All, all now, right, Robert, uh, I appreciate uh, appreciate your thought on that. And I wanna to take something that he said there, and this is what I was opening up the door a little bit with the previous caller to David, is that what about today? He said that there's got to be a basis for us, right? There's no biblical basis in the New Testament, uh, um, in the Bible, about lots of things that sometimes people think are a sin. What if somebody wanted to do a Harry Potter, you know, website, and you think Harry Potter is a sin? You know, it is, you know, it's, that might be your sincerely held belief. Um, and this is where this starts to get tricky, is that, you know, what what he was just saying is that there's a Bible somewhere, or if you are uh, Mormon, you've got the Book of Mormon and the other books, and if you're, um, you know, if you are uh, another religion, you've got your holy books. There must be something foundational, but I think we've lost that a little bit today. 888-528-2557, where do you draw the line? Carol in Ontario, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, hi, Steve. Um, I'm really nervous. I've never called. Oh, well, thanks um, Thanks for calling. Don't be nervous. It's just you and me. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, first of all, I want to say I'm a believer. Second of all, I have a gay daughter. Mm. And um, I'm totally against um, these customers wanting this web designer to do a website for them that represents a gay marriage. I'm totally against that. What happened to freedom of religion? And what happened to, um, remember, we could go into a, a place of business, and there was a sign that said, we have the right to refuse service to anyone? No shoes, no that shirt, was, no service. Yeah, and and it has nothing to do with being racist. It has to do with freedom of religion, freedom of speech. There's what I think people like to act like victims and be victims, and I think they searched out a website designer that could, they could purposely sue. 
I think that's just the way it is today. People are looking for free money, an easy way to make money, and cause chaos in somebody's life and take them down. And I think it's just horrible what people are doing. Again, I have a gay mm, daughter. Yeah. My gay daughter would never, ever expect somebody who was a Christian and went against gay marriage to design a website. Yeah, I think, I, think most, I think most people wouldn't really do that. Most gay people wouldn't do that. You know, I think that, uh, but you, you, would, you wouldn't want your daughter discriminated against, say, she goes to a restaurant and they're not going to serve their fabulous artistic macaroni and cheese to her because she's gay. You would think that that's wrong, right? Absolutely. So but there's most a restaurants yeah. don't do that. Well, the, no, they don't. But it, that's what the the nuance here is. Is like, where is that line drawn between I'm just providing a product here that doesn't mean anything as far as speech versus I'm providing a product that is actually an expression of my belief. Right. See, but it's not the same. Yeah. I really don't believe it's the same. No, I don't think it's the same either. I'm going to give an example when we come back from the break. But I got to take a break. Thank you for your call, Carol. Carol, you did fantastic, by the way. Oh, I'm shaking. Hey, you know hey, what? I- want to say when we look for something um a service we look online and we go to their website and we check out the website and i guarantee you on their website they say they're christian based and there you go yeah yeah hey carol you did such a fine job i'm going to send you uh, a free gift would you hold on the line here we'll get your information oh thank you yeah just just hold on here and uh, jared is going to get your uh, address your name and address we'll send you something thanks for calling southern thank california so live all right, I got to take a break. Then I'll be back for your calls. The number is 888-528-2557. You're listening to Southern California Live. The Tuesday edition will continue in a moment. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Good to be with you today. We're talking about the case before the Supreme Court. And uh, what is the line to be drawn between creative expression and simply providing a product? 888-528-2557. And I've got, a, I've got a, what I think is a solution. Here's the thing. You tell me what you think, and I'll get your calls here in just a second. Uh, I make chocolate chip cookies that are world famous, world famous in my world. All right, so people love my chocolate chip cookies. I hide the recipe. I don't tell anybody what's in there. I don't tell anybody how I do it, what I do specially. They are the Scott Furrow chocolate chip cookies. They are a work of art. They are. And, uh, you know, that's the way people talk about them. Now, if I had a restaurant and I was selling these cookies and I was just preventing, you know, creating these cookies, the question being asked is, uh, and the, the nuance here, I think, is this, and I'm trying to find a simple way to explain this. Um, legally, if I'm providing, if I'm selling cookies, I've got Scott Furrow's cookie shop and it's Scott Furrow's world famous chocolate chip cookies. Legally, I should have to sell those to anybody who comes in. You know, I can probably make an exception. I can put up a sign that says no shirt, no shoes, no service. You know, if you're being rude or something, there's probably a way to, you know, but, but I can't discriminate based of race or sexual orientation or religion or anything like that. And I shouldn't be able to, that's Jim Crow, right? If you, if you were to do that. And that's what some people are concerned about is that kind of thing happening. Um, But let me ask you this. What if I not only made chocolate chip cookies, but you could also contract with me to arrange the chocolate chips in some sort of fashion on top that they would create a design or a logo or something. So let's say uh, churches like the chocolate chip cookies and I was making crosses on them with the chocolate chips on top. You could do that, right, if you were good enough at it. 
um, and maybe some people would have their other logos or other things on there. What happens if a Satanist comes in and says, I would like your chocolate chip cookies with a pentagram on them, and I'm going to take them to uh, my Satanist club in the uh, school that I'm part of or whatever? And um, should I be forced to do cookies with a pentagram on there? Um, being that I'm a Christian and I don't want to do anything that would be worshipful to Satan, um, and I wouldn't want to support that. Should I be forced to do that? So it's different, right? There's a nuance there. There's something different between me just selling my regular chocolate chip cookies to Satanists who happen to come in. Like, even if I knew that's what they were, I think I would have to sell them cookies, right? I think that would be, I, I should not be able to discriminate against anybody as far as selling the cookies. However, if they asked me to design something that was against my belief to put on top of that cookie, I would say, no, I don't have to do that. That would be my argument. That's what I think the 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 argument here is, and how far does that go? And we're talking about, you know, chocolate chip cookies and a design of, of chocolate chips to put on there. That's the difference. That's what's being asked here. And you know how do we how do we draw that line in a way that that makes sense? Does that make sense to you? Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Stanley in Los Angeles. Welcome to Southern California Live. Thank you. Hi, I was Stanley. Something very similar as you were. That you know, like the macaroni and cheese. Is there a special recipe for gay people as opposed to straight people? You know that uh, he wouldn't refuse to serve. Right. A gay is the macaroni and cheese? speech, or right. is it just a product? But is there a uh, macaroni and cheese that you could create that's special? Uh, well, your cookie example is a good one. At least uh, there's some uh, creativity there. But uh, is there something that makes something special about macaroni and cheese? This is a woman who's artistic. I'd be like going to uh, Rembrandt and saying, I want you to paint this picture this way, as opposed to the way you want to do it. And he may not agree with because you're a businessman, I don't know, whatever. But she's just, uh, she has the talent. And uh, this person really is basically one uh, wants to, I believe, undermine her talent. She has the ability to create. <clears throat> and what is, what is there a creative about a gay wedding? What is there on the website that they're looking for that is different than a, uh, a, a non-gay wedding? What are they expecting to be created there? That's they're asking this uh, person to do something totally out of character for her. And uh, I think that's uh, not uh, part of the Constitution to say something, do something different than they're capable of. Yeah, that's what the uh, that argument is. Stanley, thank you so much for your call. Let's go to Jacqueline in Lomita. Welcome to Southern California Live. Yeah. Good evening. Hi, Jacqueline. Yes. Um, hi. Um, I'm in agreement that... If it's something that's a personalized um, item, product, that that designer has to, you know, pray about, get convicted, or whatever the Holy Spirit's speaking to them, because you can also use it for good. You can also say, hey, um, I'll design this for you, but it'll be my design. You tell me what you want, and I'll create it, because you can be a witness to this person too. However, but I still think it's still up to the designer to decide, can I do this or not? And the reason for that is because it's our personal conviction, it's our company. And if they don't want us to, you know, if if we can't do it, then we can refer them to someone who is. I think that should be, I'm a wedding planner. Mm -hmm. 
I am coordinator, and I have not done any gay weddings, but I do know people who are gay who would like to have me do it, but they don't come to me. They don't come to me because I'm a Christian, and I do Christian weddings. I do secular um, of other denominations and such, and I use it as a, a witness, and I'm able to talk to them about what the meaning of the, you know, wedding and the, the bride and why the bride's on the right side of the father and why the bride and the groom is standing before the cross and there's some everything symbolic yeah. and if you as a wedding corner i cannot do a gay wedding because you can't have two fathers you can't have two mothers you can't have there's yeah. no one that you know you can't fit everybody yeah. down the and aisle that's, that's your conviction you know? right and you know that's i would agree conviction. i would agree on that conviction i think that what's being uh, and thank you uh for your call i only have a couple minutes left here um you know, I think, and I think something also is we, we talk about these theoreticals, just like you said and other callers have said, most people aren't doing this. If you find somebody who for a religious reason or philosophical reason, or maybe they are a racist or there's something and they won't do your thing, most people just go somewhere else. I mean, that's what you do, right? It's uh, maybe you leave a bad Yelp review or something, right? That's where most people, uh, this is a, it's a very interesting thing because what's actually occurring is, in my opinion, and and this is why groups like Alliance Defending Freedom and other groups are getting into this. It's not really about this issue, what it's really, because it's not real people doing it. What it is, is it's about the chipping away of different First Amendment rights, and groups like Alliance Defending Freedom are very sensitive to that. I worked with that group one time as a pastor, and they told me something specific. I don't even know if I can get into all the details, but there was something very illegal happening to us by the state, and you know what they told me? They said this. They said, you know, if you were not in California, we would tell you that this was a clerical error and you should just go back to the state and fix it. They said, but because you're from California, we're going to treat this like it is a deliberate attempt because California is trying to take away constitutional rights from churches. That's what they said. And, you know, the person who was involved in all this was a super nice person and wasn't doing anything wrong. It was the state. And it was a very, very interesting conversation. I got a few calls here. Uh, Jan, uh, go ahead. You got like uh, 15 seconds. Welcome to Southern California Live. You there, Jan? Yes, I am. Go ahead real I quick. Just, I think the point, okay, the point being is when do your free freedom, free, uh, freedom of speech supersedes mine? Right. Well, and when does it turn into something that's just uh, hateful, discriminatory behavior like Jim Crow or other things like that? When there's so many other services out there that you have the freedom to walk in or walk out. Yeah, it so is, uh, is beyond that. Yeah. When I'm hope- do you become more important than me? When yep. was what I have to say less important than what you have to say? Right. I got to go because we're out of time here. I got a hard break. Thank you for calling Southern California Live. Everybody, I won't get the rest of your calls, but you know what? We're going to talk about this issue because it's going to be around for a while. But I think it is important that we get the nuance right. And that number one, that in real life with the people we interact with, that we love them as Jesus would. And keep that in mind, our testimony with all these things. I got to go. Hard break. Thanks for listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll see you tomorrow from three to five. God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.